Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Bros Pod, Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, this is Jamal Murphy. I'm here with my co-host, Nabate Isles. What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, the great Bill Roden is out at uh, Yankee Stadium uh, on assignment for the, for the Yankees-Red Sox, which are taking place right now. Uh, you know, As you know, it's baseball season. Lot, baseball season, a lot, lot's going on. We're going to get into that a little later. Um, but there are you know, all kinds of topics we're going to get into. Um, and I think we're going to start with... Uh, the NBA, surprising, surprisingly enough, right? The NBA is king. Yeah, 12, 12 months of the year. That's it's just amazing the off season. How much, how compelling it is the game of uh, basketball and how it takes over from, takes away from the attention of training camp a little bit of NFL training camp and of a major league baseball eventual uh, eventual pennant races and stuff as we go into August and September. Right. So, yeah, we'll get in. We'll get into the training camp a little later. Uh, also, Carmelo Anthony news. He was on first take. gave gave Stephen A. Smith a one on one interview. Uh, basically, ple- you know, I, I guess you could, you could say pleading his case to get back in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss that a little later. And then, of course, last we'll have Aaron Matthewson, our producer, come in with with uh, trip and check. Yeah, you know. So we got we got we got a good, got a good show coming up. Um, but like I said, let's get started. We'll start with the NBA. And uh, interesting story uh, that that came to light today with with David Griffin, the former uh, general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers, currently the general manager, president, I think, of uh, of New Orleans Pelicans, executive vice president. Yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever. They're he pretty it. much yeah. runs the basketball operations. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> he's running what's going on there with, with uh, Zion Williamson and company. Um, but the article that came out today in Sports Illustrated uh, focused on. You know a lot on his time in Cleveland, and and his his uh, his working relationship with LeBron James, and he had some things to say in the article, uh, basically you know saying things like, like uh, you know basically kind of complaining about how hard it is to to work on a team with LeBron for whatever reason. Uh, you know, I know you have the article in front of you. What what was your take on it? No, the, I reading the article today, um, I, it cleared things up on what Griff was trying to say. I um, didn't get to see his interview on the jump earlier today. ESPN's the jump to clarify what he was saying, but I kind of see what he was saying when when you read the article. That's that's what. Most of the media does. You know what they do is they're able to take certain quotes and they don't put the two sentences that were before the quotes or the two sentences after the quotes, right, you know? Right. But um, but this is a very interesting quote. The pressures of annually um, supplementing LeBron James with a contending roster mounted endlessly. So Griffin said everything we did was so inorganic and unsustainable, hmm. which he's right, right, you know, because they pretty much patchwork that right. team. There wasn't, uh, there wasn't a foundation that David Griffin wanted to do before LeBron announced that he was going back to Cleveland. Because remember, Griffin was hired right before the draft lottery. And when they got the number one pick, we ended up being Andrew Wiggins in 2014. Then it was like he and you have 
your first round, your first pick overall to build with Kyrie Irving, who was right. their first pick three years earlier. So Griffin wanted to build with a young nucleus, and then that's why David Blatt was hired as well, because Blatt is a good teacher and be able to develop young players. But it was interesting. After uh, Griffin said that, uh, that you know everything we did was inorganic and unsustainable and frankly not fun. I was miserable. Literally, the moment we won the championship, I knew I was going to leave. There was no way I was going to stay for any amount of money. I think what he, what he was talking about was probably the pressure from Dan Gilbert, mm. uh, probably the pressure from LeBron, but not LeBron himself, but the pressure of just LeBron being there and the sense of urgency right. every time they have to make the NBA finals. Right. So they have to make deals, patchwork deals, to be able to to put guys on like they did with Darren Williams, the trades of Darren to acquire Darren Williams and who was over the hill, you know, and, and Channon Fry was a little over the hill. Just you know, just things like that would that's why Griffin left after 2017, I believe, after the 2017 finals. and right. then Kobe Plus they didn't Al- want to pay him. Right, and they didn't right. want to pay him either, yeah. Right. And then Kobe Altman mm-hmm. took over, and then that was when the deal they made to get Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder, right. Right. which it did not work right. out either. So I can see exactly what David Griffin was talking about. Right. But he, you know, but like I said, what the media put out, it they didn't put out the context yeah. of what the article was all about. And uh, another thing he said about about LeBron, which was positive about LeBron, he said uh, he knew I could help him win. Mm-hmm. David Griffin said about LeBron. He said, and so approved of Griffin as a basketball decision maker, allowing steady dialogue. And then David said, quote, you've got to be willing to have very difficult conversations with LeBron. Quote, end of quote. Then continues, quote, I always was, which is why we had a great relationship, because I would I would tell him what he needed to hear. And he respected that I was telling him for the right reasons. End right. of quote. So just things like that. It's just. Yeah. Now I understand. Like um, and then he talked about, of course, you know, LeBron wasn't the same about winning after the championship. And I kind of see what he's saying, because basically when LeBron led them in 2016 against the 73 win Golden State Warriors, that was like winning two championships because True. it was the first championship in Cleveland, all Cleveland sports in 52 years, right. the first championship in the Cavaliers franchise history. Mm-hmm. And LeBron came back to fulfill that prophecy. And right. he did it in the second year. I can kind of see, and, I, mean, I, I, I mean, not LeBron not working hard, but like the fire kind of not being but, but there, also, just a little bit. Correct you know? me if I'm wrong. Didn't didn't they go back to the finals the next year? They did, and but but that's what Griffin was talking about too. That the way the roster was constructed and the way there wasn't a system, there wasn't an organization that that caused like the Cavalier, and also there was there was complacency on that team. Mm-hmm. Not just not. LeBron, but everybody collectively, there was a complacency, and they right. and they were they were they were pretty complacent throughout the season in the Eastern Conference. Right. They still ended up getting out of the East, but the East right. was very weak. Though. Right, and they, so. they, they got there complacent or not, and he definitely picked it up in the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, the, the following season. Yeah, I mean, my thing was, you know, when I first heard the story, this is it's not news that Griffin was saying this stuff because he said this stuff on on a couple of different podcasts, and he even said it. Today, uh, on the jump, when when he was responding to these questions, he's like, "This is," 
he's he's like this is being blown out of proportion. He 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 didn't appreciate actually the way the story was written. He said, you know, he he was under the impression it was going to be a story about what they're doing in New Orleans, which he, which was around sixty percent of the article, okay. sixty sixty five percent of the article. He was yeah. acting like it was it wasn't. So maybe he's he's misrepresenting you know it himself the media because the media brought right because it's LeBron. Yeah, right. of course, you know that's a polarizing name. Right. right, but I had heard him make say the same thing. I think it was uh, Woj's pod uh, on ESPN. Uh, and and Griffin was saying, "Hey, you know, listen, uh, I I love LeBron. I appreciate. I wouldn't have a championship without mm-hmm. LeBron. But don't get it twisted. It's very. It's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have to get to the finals. If, mm-hmm. if LeBron is on your team, yes, you have to get to the finals. And then so LeBron a lot has of his demands, right. which he kind of has a right to. When Magic Johnson had his demands to get right. Paul Westhead fired, right. you know, so right. in '82 right. to get Pat Riley on there. So we so. all know it's not an easy right. job. It's mm-hmm. not an easy job. All of a sudden, you know, you could you could be you could have a regular team. You could be the GM of a team that's you know playoff bound or whatever, and then you all of a sudden you like the Lakers, like you know, or not even playoff bound, but all of a sudden you plop. Uh, LeBron onto that team, everything changes. The expectations changes. The pressure changes, and all you got to get players right away to, uh, to to be a championship championship level team. Yep, uh, it makes sense. Yep, what he's saying. And uh, what surprised me really was, and I, and I guess LeBron probably fell into it himself in terms of the media blowing this out of proportion, is that LeBron responded uh, to all this on Twitter, and he said, you know, all this, all the reports about what Griffin had said and LeBron responded on Twitter. All right. All right. Enough is enough. The throne has been played with too much and I ain't for horseplay ether coming soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and once again, that tells you that Nas defeated Jay-Z when ether is being used in context, like ethered or ether, you know, like, I, I, I got to disagree with my man, Max Kellerman. I think, you know, I, like, I, he, he said think, Jay-Z, I think he talked about Jay-Z. Hey, I was always a Nas fan over Jay-Z, but I think Jay-Z just lyrically. Now you make a good point in terms of history will tell the story, right? And also Nas's career is is just as prevalent as Jay? Not financial. Jay Z's like no, no, no. But that's fine. That's finan- But that's financial. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the art of hip hop, though. People revere Nas artistically more. It's it's, it's, it's debatable, but it's, it's, it's debatable. Artistically, yeah. they they because yeah. Because yeah. when you look at con- yeah, I mean I'm a, I love things. Nas, so I don't want to argue against no, the no, guy. No, no, I'm just saying. You know. But money, but also Nas making his money too. No, yeah, he's I'm not about, trying, yeah, he's Nas, a, is, they're both yeah. very successful. You know, but but anyway, but. Basically, so LeBron was kind of fooled by all this too, to the extent that Griffin really said anything negative about him. I don't think he, I don't think that was his intent. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did that. So hopefully LeBron calms down. I don't. He doesn't need to ether uh, Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> but but I gotta say, Griffin has he has to be aware of that though. He has to be aware of how when you mention LeBron and the fact that you were a GM over LeBron James for four years. Uh, four yeah, four seasons. Yeah, no, three seasons. Excuse me. That that's the thing. LeBron is a polarizer. You have to be careful with your words, and you have to kind of like spell it out like a kindergartner for that writer to get. So the people get what you're saying, you know, like, and make sure the writer doesn't edit it in his way to make it seem maybe the like you said, David. Uh, didn't like how it was written. Maybe the writer decided to take certain quotes right. and. You know, and that's, and, and that's and that's not cool. That's right. not cool at all. You 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 should use the entire quote, and if not, use it in the article, which he he did in some instances. He did mm-hmm. surround you know surround the quotes with what Griffin really meant, but not really at times. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, and you know, as a, like you said, I think the writer has a responsibility not to 
to, and we don't, I don't know if this is what happened, so I don't want to cast aspersions, but, uh, you know, I do agree. The writer has a, has a responsibility to keep things in context. Um, and, and like I said, the fact that, that Griffin had said this, basically the same things before, you know, just made me challenge at least the media narrative of what I was seeing this morning on, on, the, on the talk shows. It just made me challenge it because I was like, I already heard Griffin say this, and he wasn't, he wasn't attacking LeBron. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so hopefully, hopefully LeBron lets him slide on this one. Uh, Griffin has a lot, you know, he has a lot on his plate in New Orleans. Uh, you know, all I can say is I can't wait for the season, man. Yeah. <laughs> so we're looking forward to that. More, more, uh, you know, it's a kind of slow period in sports right now. Uh, so some of these stories might not be as big in, in other times, but so, so stories are getting boosted. But another story today, big story today, was Carmelo Anthony appearing on first take and, and kind of, uh, you know, we know the story with, with Carmelo looking for a team. Uh, we see, we're seeing him on videos all the time on Instagram. We see he's working out. He actually looks good in these dan- in these videos. I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know, yeah not like, wow. Yeah. You're just like, you know, it's a pickup game. And no, he's playing. Well, he's in good shape. But he looks, like, he's, he looks yeah. like in good shape. He's playing against like Donovan Mitchell and mm-hmm. big time pros. Trey, yeah, Trey, Trey, Trey Young. Young and, a lot yeah. of guys, right? So uh, he, he looks good, looks to be in shape, but he, you know, still doesn't have a team. Um, minimum minimum uh, deals have been going out, and he hasn't gotten one yet. Uh, Which is ridiculous. Come on. Yeah. Veteran minimum. Come on. So he comes out, <laughs> and he one-on-one interview with Stephen A. Smith, and you could tell it was just like him wanting to get some stuff off his chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen A. grilling him about, you know, why you don't have a championship, and are you are you a team player, and blah, blah, blah. And I thought Melo handled it, handled it really well. And you know, just you know, he he refuted the story that his that his trainer Chris uh, Brinkley, Brinkley Brinkley I can't remember Brinkley Brinkley um, had come out on the Breakfast Club and said that he wanted a farewell season like Dwayne Wade got. I didn't I didn't think that was a good look when I heard it, and I was suspect of it because because Car- Carmelo didn't say that himself, mm-hmm. and and in fact Carmelo was embarrassed by it. He was like, no, I, I never said that. Um, I just want to play and fit in on a team. Yeah. So I think he acquitted himself well. But just the fact that he has to come out there and kind of like lobby to make an NBA team is is weird to me. Well, I think he wanted to to just talk and discuss. I think his frustration. Yeah, no, I'm not weird to me that. Yeah, weird to me that that, that we're in this situation. Like, like yeah. he should be on the team. He should be. There's no question. He should be on the team. I mean, because of what he's done in, from the standpoint, you know, for for all of his flaws on the court, especially defensively, and 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 having problems being able to help ball movement, you know, because of his isolation play. Still, Carmelo Anthony, his game would actually benefit because if he plays 15 minutes a game off the bench, 15, 20 minutes, and be able to, you can give defenses a different look by him on the ISO or him even playing more in the post, being more of a post player. Um, the problem is, will he pass the ball out <laughs> on a double team? Well, he's you know? capable of passing. Yeah, that, he, he he's is. always been a capable passer. Yeah, capable, but mm-hmm. but he's willing to do that. He's right. willing to do whatever it, it it takes. But it was interesting. What really struck me was when he talked about how Houston surprised him completely. Right. That, was, that was interesting. And 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 like he was getting ready for a game the next day in the hotel room. Daryl Morey says your so services no longer be needed. Like that's that that was weird. And then the fact that. Did James Harden and Chris Paul really not know about this? Like Melo said, had to know. they had to. I've seen Maury, especially James. And James, I've seen I, I've seen Maury on on record saying that he discusses, you know, 
everything with them. Mm-hmm. You know that he, you know that he's he's open. He talks to, he talks to he, he said in the offseason talks to Chris Paul, talks to mm-hmm. Harden about you know would this player fit? Would this player fit? Right. And but but I think I do think I tell you this. I think James knew, but not Chris. Mm-hmm. I think Maury knew not to tell Chris because of the relationship Chris and Carmelo has. Right. So I think Maury told Harden, and and it's a shame that this is what I think, but I'm saying it's a shame if Harden James lied to yeah. Carmelo and not be yeah. honest and, and say. But who knows what their relationship is, right? Because I yeah, they don't have. Re- yeah. But still, you should still be yeah. real with somebody. Like, yeah, you still yeah. you know, but, especially but, for what Carmelo Anthony's done in this league. Right, and you, I, you I, know, I always respect, wonder, I always you know? wondered about that situation there with him only lasting eleven eleven games. Is that it? And I remember you know bef- one of the games before. Uh, he he was he was let go. He they played they were in Brooklyn. I was at that game. Uh, they 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 played Brooklyn, um, and he had I think he had like twenty eight points or something like that. You know it was a it was one of the game. Chris Paul was out, um, or maybe Harden. One of them I think Harden was out, so he had to do more, and he did, and he lit it up. And I remember talking to uh, to uh, D'Antoni after the game, and you know in the scrum, and and people were asking him. Um, you know, is this what you envision from Carmelo? And he's, he, like, he's like, yeah, he's, he's cap- like, this is what he's capable of, blah, blah, blah. You know, but I always, I, the whole situation was always suspect to me because we knew of the history, the history between D'Antoni and Carmelo in New York. Um, you know, from all, from, from all my dealings with D'Antoni, he, see, he seems like a very good guy. He's, he's one right? of the most classy individuals you'll ever right. meet. That's what like, it seems like from, from the few things. But absolutely. I also remember... Um, and he's loyal to you. Mm-hmm. He, his loyalty is crazy. We mm-hmm. talked about that. Mm-hmm. He's got many people paid mm-hmm. you know, from his system and making sure... And he's vouched for his mm-hmm. guys, too. But I also remember, you know, to, to not so great times when he was with the Knicks. When Nate Robinson right. and everything like no, that. I, I, I'll go back to Stephon Marbury. Mm-hmm. When Marbury was, he, he faced worse blacklisting right, than, right. than Carmelo. Yeah, and, and maybe it was, you know, uh, Marbury has to take some mm-hmm. blame for some of that because, yeah, because but, he was doing some, some weird things. But on the, this, this particular season, I'm talking about when, when Chris Duhon was there mm-hmm. and Marbury was there. And 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 he gave the starting position to Duhan, even yeah, though Marbury came back in shape and was playing well. And he didn't. And I just remember how he was. He never. He never. Exp- D'Antoni never addressed it. Never explained it. And he just tried to play it like like Duhan was the out, was outperforming Marbury. And mm-hmm. I was like, it was, you know, a, it was a weird situation. You know, and it reminded me of how the of this car the the latest Carmelo handling like. All, all of a sudden he gets cut? Like, what's yeah, that? You know, and I, I think I think it was a situation where probably Coach D'Antoni wanted to, and Donnie Walsh wanted to kind of, because they both came in together. Right. I think they wanted to rid of the whole Isaiah Thomas. You know, Marbury was right. Isaiah Thomas's guy. Right. So they wanted to kind of rid that. I think it was not right on Steph's expense. You know, right. that was not cool. You right. know, I think they should have just traded him. Right. You know, and, and, and tried to find a way to, to, to get him on a team so you can respect the fact that, you know, of course, because Marbury's always been Jim Rat anyway, oh, but yeah. to respect the fact that you can get him on a team to be able to, to benefit from the fruits of his, of his labor, of working hard and stuff like that, that wasn't right. right. That, that wasn't right. And, and then now with Carmelo, right. I think, Dan, and, and Carmelo mentioned that Coach D'Antoni, that he doesn't blame him at all, okay. you know. Uh, he said that. He, um, but but I think Coach D'Antoni, though, with the problem that he had with Carmelo, he wasn't 
you know, he wasn't going to like get dirty. Right. He wanted to wash his hands, right. you know. Right. He, didn't have, he wasn't invested. Right. If he got along with Melo, like I said with loyalty, if Melo and him saw eye to eye in New York and they had a great relationship and Melo made the adjustments mm-hmm. to fit with Coach D'Antoni's system, then Coach D'Antoni would have ran through a wall for him. The other thing with, with Melo, I think, that plays into this, and it's just a theory. But, I, you know, he's, he's, he's such a big personality and he's a very charismatic guy, and he has a lot of pride. So, you know, in a team dynamic, even if, you know, if he, he, he carries himself like a star. Mm-hmm. So that could rub, rub people the wrong, like a Harden, for instance. Right. Like Harden might look at this dude like, I'm the star. Why is this dude even walking around like he's a star? You know what I mean? I'm just, it's, just, it's just a theory, mm-hmm. but it, always, it also, that, that kind of that dynamic occurs. You know what I'm saying? So it's right. like... You know, people want to get on Melo like, oh, you know, can you know, can we put him on the bench? And you know, he doesn't want to come off the bench. Sometimes he has said, "I'll come off the bench," but they still that label still sticks with him because I think he just he he just carries himself like like he's a star, regardless. Yeah. So I think you know that part of that affects how how other guys look at him. Mm-hmm. How you know whether teams want to bring him in. I also think you know go back to the OKC era. Um, when when that started, like oh well, he won't come off the bench, and, and you have Billy Donovan as the coach. I gotta put that on Billy Donovan. It's the yeah. coach. Like you maybe Melo to was too big of a personality for Billy Donovan to to sit. Too big. But, who's, Rest, but whose Westbrook fault is was that? The same way. Whose same, fault is that? Yeah, yeah. It's Westbrook the same way. Too big of a personality for Donovan. Mm-hmm. Got away with a lot of stuff with, especially you know just the way he plays. Like from the standpoint of of um, you know of the offense and everything surrounding him. Instead of like ball movement, more isolation, things like that. So no, that that no, that was that was Billy Donovan's job to say to Carmelo, "Listen, we have to, you know, we have to, we have to have you come off the bench. It's going to be best for the team." And then if Carmelo wasn't into it, then say, "Okay, then then you have maybe a, then you we have can a, trade you." Right. Yeah, then you yeah. have a real you know a real issue. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell like if 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 you never went to the dude to put him on the bench, mm-hmm. what are we talking about? Because they did not get better offensively as right. the time, and, and Melo did not get better from an efficiency standpoint. He was one of the worst players uh, efficiently in PER and, uh, for for starters in the league. Right. So, so yeah. we'll see. Um, I th- I think I, I do have a hunch, especially after the after this. You know him saying what he did today. I have a hunch that he will, he will make it. He will get on a team and he'll, he'll get another shot. Um, I, I can see the Lakers. You know, I can see the Lakers. Yeah, I can see. You it. know, a lot of people predicted he's not coming back. Uh, that no one will sign him again. <sighs> then that, you know, I no. mean, he's in shape. He can still shoot. He can, you know, he can. He, the only thing is with him, he he really hasn't been the same guy since 2014 with the Knicks when he when he had that knee injury mm-hmm. and he had the surgery. And he lost. He he was he has since then not really been able to finish. Mm-hmm. You know because people make it. You know I got friends of mine who always want to say he's a he's a standstill scorer. You know, <laughs> but he wasn't always that. No, he wasn't. You know? at all. Like he he used to go to he used to you know be able to go to the hole banging on you. He yeah. was always physical. Yeah, always got to the line. Very yeah. Could finish. Mm-hmm. And then you know after the after his knees went. He, yeah. he, he can't finish anymore. Right. Like, you know, he, he started pump faking 10 times mm-hmm. when he's down low because mm-hmm. he, he doesn't have confidence that, you know, that he can finish anymore. And I think so he, ha- so he has become a different player. Right, he's not the same guy he but, was. But that's why that's why they need to post him up. Right, they should have been po- like Billy Don. 
Once again, he has skills. like I said, it, it wasn't Billy Donovan should have had him be more of a post up, play the four. Be Melo's always been a very good rebounder, so use him as more of a power forward. You know, especially in this day and age in the NBA with right. smaller lineups. Right. You know, so um, yeah, he's a four now. Yeah. He's a, in this in today's game, he's yeah. a four. Yeah, like be able to have him utilize like his because he has a very diverse offensive skill set. So. Yeah. We'll see. So you predict he'll be back this year? Yeah, I, I see the Lakers. I see him going with the Lakers. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think Braun is will make sure of it and everything and um and it'll be it'll it'll be good for and he'll he'll probably be a ninth the ninth man in the rotation, but that that's fine. Just get get buckets when you need him to get buckets, you know? So So yeah, good luck to Melo. Hopefully hopefully some team some team does the right thing, gives him a shot. Uh let's move to Baseball, yes. It's this that time of year. Yes, we're in the indeed. summer. Yes, indeed. August already, early August. Yeah, and the trading deadline was uh, that was interesting. Yeah, very disappointing for some teams, mm-hmm. and very, uh, very uh, active and urgency. Mm-hmm. You know, filled with urgency for other teams. Let's, yeah. let's talk about uh, the Mets. I've been wanting to talk about the Mets for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we both cover the Mets. Both, you know, when we were young fans of the Mets. Um, I like what they did. I was scared. I was scared. You know, they have the new GM, Brody Van Wagenen. Mm-hmm. Um, former agent. Former yeah. agent. Mm-hmm. Very flashy. Mm-hmm. Right? Flashy type of, like, your typical agent type mm-hmm. of guy. Um, Talked talk to a good game in, in the preseason yeah. this year. Uh, you know, had people believing that the, the Mets were going to do something different. They they come out this season and are pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. And pretty that, terrible. And that, that Cano deal, though. I mean, no you deal. give up your you give up prospects like mm. major prospects like they give their first rounder. Mm. Diaz was in the know, which which and, was and was which was it? I mean, the yeah. guy had fifty seven saves, right? Last, and right. Didn't didn't do anything wrong. They had to pick up year. Cano's contract. Right. That was the thing. Right. So, so um, and it shows you, you know, Diaz has struggled all year. Um, he still his stuff looks well, great. Well, not are you the first? The first, first beginning, he was, first, he was yeah. Good. First, he was lights yeah. out, but, but then, then I think that shows you how culture is huge. Well, the bullpen was getting weird at worn out. That too, but early, like if you come in, like you know, like the culture you mix that with New York, you know, sports is ninety percent confidence. You know, it can mess anybody up. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But I I just feel that the way the starting staff was not stepping it up at right. all. That's I true. mean, Syndergaard was not proficient, and, and LeGrom, DeGrom mm-hmm. had, a, you know, a struggle after his first, like, two or three starts with, I mean, that right. was, he was brilliant against Scherzer and in the he, opener, he's the home back, opener. You know, DeGrom now he's back, back down yes. to, un, he's like a 2-8-something ERA. Yeah, back, right now. Yeah, which is like, crazy. He's been one since uh, June 6th. It's been one, one three or something like right. that. Yeah, but he's been in the ones since yeah. June 6th. So, yeah. And, and I didn't expect that. Like after the way he started, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be one of the years." I didn't think it was gonna be bad, but I thought he'd be like in the three, like a three point three four, because he started off so badly. You know what? But a lot of times, those the bullpen blowing it for him. Mm-hmm. You know, like even well, they're still doing yeah, that. Yeah, still doing still, it. Yeah, like, look at his record. Like, yeah. how many wins does he have? Uh, Not many. Yeah, six. Right, right. But no, <laughs> but they're they're picking that up little by lately. little. They pick. So, but that's but that's what I'm saying. It's what you've done for me lately, right. and in the next two months, I. I we'll see, see. The, no, I see the Mets making a wild card, they, and it's not saying that as a, this is being very objective. Their their starting staff is the best in the National League. There's no question. Well, talent wise, 
it's proven too. Degrom is a mm-hmm. Cy Young Award right. winner. Syndergaard so, has Syndergaard has been one of the top pitchers in the game in the National League over the past three years. Syndergaard up, up and down a little. Like even of, this year, he's in the fourth. The th- last three seasons mm-hmm. in May, since 2016, mm-hmm. Syndergaard is one of the top ten starters in the National League. Well, this year he's in he's in the mid fours. Yeah, but but, and, but don't get me wrong, but, but I'm a I'm, big Syndergaard fan. But I'm saying he's I'm just saying he hasn't pitched, he hasn't pitched to his potential yeah, but, yet. But but now he will because the thing is that he knows he's not going to be in traded now, mm-hmm. and he knows his value will augment when he has goes on a run in August September so, in the playoffs, and he's been a bull in the playoffs too. Oh yeah, and he has he, playoff ex- experience. And then and he's the, always pitched well. And then acquisition acquisition Stroman. of Marcus Stroman, right. you know, who is you know one of the most proficient pitchers, even though he won only six games with the. Blue Jays, but the Blue Jays but he's in the are just too. a bad. He's, yeah, he's, he's in, in the twos. twos, and then you have Zach Wheeler, mm-hmm. who's a free agent. Mm-hmm. He's pitching for a contract. Mm-hmm. Then you have, uh, and then Steven Matz, like mm-hmm. as your fifth starter, Jamal. There's no oh, talent wise. I don't, I don't, no, I don't no, disagree but at all. They're proven though. They're yeah, yeah at proven. different times, but not, but not you know? consistently. But I, I agree with. You. I think, I think they can put it together and 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 get the wild card who's spot. Been, I agree. Which staff has been more consistent overall in the last three years in the National League? I mean, I, have to, I don't have the numbers in front of me, I'm, but, I'm I would, saying, but I would bet I, I, there are I, a couple. I, I, I will know? put the I will put the Nats up mm. there with Scherzer mm. and 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 uh, Strasburg, but that's all they have basically. Um, the Dodgers I would put there, but Bueller is still young. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put Bueller against Syndergaard. Bueller no, no. hasn't, you know what I mean? No, so but I mean even in, you know I mean, since the All Star break, yes, they've been pitching. Up to their potential, and but, I think but, they're number one in in the in the league. Right, they're number yeah, right. but their highest potential, mm-hmm. no one can mess with their. No, highest I, potential. that's what I agree with. That's what I'm saying. With, I agree yeah. with that. There's but, no there's no argument. Now let's go back to to what they did at the deadline, where you know the rumors at the deadline were that they were going to trade Syndergaard and Zach Wheeler and and so, Wheeler, and I was like, does you? I, I was like, you can't. I mean, unless you get. Someone to some, like some of the Yankees, like a couple of the Yankee, uh, mm-hmm. you know, star prospects. Like and I'm Grandel, like, yeah, maybe, Grandel. yeah, yeah. But I was like, Garcia. but you don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I was just, I, I, I was dumbfounded. Like, why you have a, a stud like Thor? Um, you know, even even and and we would just argue about this, but even even though he hasn't really pitched up to his potential, and, he's still and, and 44 and 27. But Strowman, and that's just this right, year. And right. also remember. That takes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. That takes a lot out your mind when you know you're going to get traded, and yeah, you don't I, know what's going on. That that takes a lot. Like you know, that's well, the only I, thing. I think that's they might have motivated thing. him because, you know? you, because well, now, that, the game well, before now. the the game on the day of the trade or the, right. the, the day before he pitched his best game of the season. But I'm saying he's going to be even that great going the rest of the season. Well, that's you know? you know, that's so. why they play the games. I hope you're right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think a beast, I, man. I mean, like, he's, he's, but, <laughs> he's but, a beast. But that's what I'm saying. But the, but the, but the. I, I go the, with the the top. Me, what he's been in his top. Me you know? too. But at the same time, is you? It's time to. It's time to put up or shut up. Like yeah. for for all those guys, Matt's too. Well, Matt's has shown when at his best. Yeah, you want to keep him. He's one of the top. He could be one of the top pitchers in the game, and he has he has flashes. His last his last outing, mm-hmm. he was he did that, but he also is his ERA is in the fours. But he's, you know he's a and fifth Wheeler Wheeler too. He's a fifth starter on this team. <laughs> on this team, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like he would not be a fifth starter, and he would be a third starter on a lot of staffs. Right, you but know. Not, so you know, I'm just saying, I'm just, you know. But I'm yeah. but look at look at if if they were all pitching 
to their potential, mm-hmm. the Mets wouldn't. There wouldn't be a question. And now they'd be they'd be in, they'd be at least in the running for the division. But I'm saying, look at their schedule coming up. They got they already leave Pittsburgh already. <laughs> you know, like so, like we're we're talking Friday night, uh, Friday night, August second. Mm-hmm. So they got at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is is struggling. They're just packing it in. Then you got a four game series at home against Miami. Mm-hmm. The Mets have won seven in a row. They could win possibly fourteen in a row. Easy going now. in, going, going into you're, you're boosting at, Mets fans. You're getting the Mets Pits- you're, 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 at you, Pittsburgh you and pre- you're hosting pre- Miami. You can't predict you hosting win 14 in a row. The, no, no, they won seven in a row. No, I know, already. but I'm just saying at Pittsburgh that struck is one of the worst no, saying, teams in the last month, but, and then but Miami. But you gotta, no, they're terrible, right. Miami. But I'm saying right. when a team is hot, but even they defeat would teams. You, would, you that t- are, would you take 12 and two? No, twelve and two is fine. Yeah, but, yeah. I, but I said, but I'm saying they could win fourteen in a row. I said they could, which, I didn't which say, would probably you know, be the biggest win streak in the, you know, anybody in the season. Like, and it's not impossible with those bad yeah. teams. They, they, they played they, bad teams. Could, I, I hope for that you to know? happen. But, <laughs> so, I'm just but yeah, but anyway, and then the big series on um, next weekend, August 9th through the eleventh against Washington at home. That is big time. Because they have four right, games, four teams, team. yeah, four teams ahead of them for that wild card. Arizona is going to dip because they traded Zach Greinke away. Speaking of Zach Greinke going to Houston, that's crazy. Their yeah, top three, their top three of of Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Zach Greinke. My God, in in a in a seven game series, and you they just were ride already, those three arms. you know, basically right now they're tied with the Yankees' best record in the, in the majors. Yeah. And then the Yanks. What do you think? What do you think about the Yankees not holding? They couldn't even get like a Robbie Ray. They couldn't get, you know. Well, some, inter- interesting thing with the Stroman deal with the Mets getting Stroman. Uh-huh. That just like you said, that adds to to the Mets staff. I mean, you put Stroman in there. I mean, now yeah. their staff ability wise, it's not even a it's not even a game yeah. out there. If they put it all together, we just it, talked about that. But they but in getting Stroman. The Yankee, they took him away from the Yankees. Like the Yankees needed a starter, mm-hmm. um, because they lack in in in, uh, in starting pitching. And Stroman was one of the people that that the Yankees were going after. And the Mets, t- so the Mets not yeah. only helped themselves, they hurt the crosstown rival. Yeah, and that's why they weren't training Syndergaard to the Yanks because they didn't want it. Because he's still going to be in the city, still going to be having, being on headlines. And let me tell you something: Syndergaard has proven in the playoffs right. what he's about. Mm-hmm. That game against uh, that wild card why, game why against the Bumgarner. Block? You know, why was uh, he even on the well, trading block? The, the, no, the reason why you don't want to pay him that contract. He's it's up two for, years later. No, no, but still, you want to, yeah, you want to, you don't want to even deal with it down the line. So you trade know him saying? two years because you now, would please. have, you would have to extend him. You, he wouldn't be a straight up free agent. But that's how you they do in baseball. Him. They do like your arbitration, like Wheeler. Yeah. He's going to be a free agent next. Yeah, but, actually, at the end of this year. But also, I, I was one of the people that felt they should have traded Syndergaard because I wanted to. I, but you just I called felt, him a beast. No, that's what I'm saying. Get the value. Who? Who? You get major what's, value. But, but what's the value? You get prospects? you get prospects, but that's a prospect. It's but, not a beast. But that's what yet. I'm saying. I would rather build a farm system. Where that's you what were it just bigging up Syndergaard as you should, and now you want to you want to. What's wrong? The, what's wrong with using? What's wrong with using a major? I'm saying he's a major asset. But what are you gonna? What are he's you gonna get beast. for you? So you want to? You would give up that a pitch as a pitch? But I'm saying if they were looking for the future, but they're mm-hmm. not looking for the future. They're looking to win now, as obvious. But now. you wanted them to look for the future. I wanted them to look for the future, yes, because you're 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 uh, you're in purgatory, you know. But now it seems like now with them keeping, now they can use this year 
there's no one. They're four games back of the wild card, right. and these teams are fading. Right. And, and Arizona's definitely fading. They you were know? like so, they were what like six or seven back a couple, couple days. Right, ago. right. And then all you got to do, Philly's inconsistent. Talk about their staff being inconsistent. You know, so it's like that's the, that's what I'm saying. Like it's like now I see. Syndergaard's value is going. This is this is a win win for the Mets. This is a win win a win win for the Mets and Syndergaard. It's a win win for the Mets and Wheeler because their values are going to be enhanced. And then Syndergaard, you can get major a major haul for him, especially if he leads the Mets to a World Series. Well, you, you don't know? get rid yeah. of him, huh? You don't get rid of him then. Now you do. Get, you do. You got to build. No, you got to build because because there's still there's still flaws on this roster. There's still flaws. This isn't. There's, there's other ways flaws. to fix stuff than mm-hmm. give away you when you're one of your best players. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to build their farm system's horrible. It's horrible. What what's there? What's there like in in 2022? What's going to be just there? draft better? How about that? No, you got. But you got to get <laughs> guys saying. established. You got to get st- guys that are like pretty much going to be ready to be in the bigs in 2020. Basically, by by September, get like a Vlad. They can get a Vladdy Guerrero type of guy. Well, that's what, that, well, Vladdy that's what Guerrero, you have to do. Vladdy Guerrero, that's the only way. But that's the only you know? way you trade him, in my opinion. Like, that's you what I'm saying. Get, get one, one of those, those guys. You have right. to get one of those right. dudes. That's what I'm saying. And, and I'm saying if Syndergaard ends up being National League Championship Series MVP, and he goes out with a two ERA the last two games, excuse me, two months of the season, mm. that value he's. Yeah, he, that value is crazy. But at that point, yeah. he's a he's a you know he he becomes a a New York legend, damn near. Yeah, you don't want you can't trade. You, I, then you I, can't even trade. I him. would not want to play the Mets if they make the wild card. I would not want to play them with no, that no, no, staff. No, no, you don't in a in a I don't series. Want to play them now. You know the Dodgers wouldn't even. That's want why that. they were so disappointing in the first half of the season because we knew that the talent they had, they you know they should have been doing more. Yeah, I mean that, they, what they're doing now is is great. Hopefully, it's not. Too little, and the too defense late. has to build up, yeah, you know, of course. And they're getting the defense is getting better. Rosario has gotten better the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. A lot of things, mm-hmm. I think, a lot of. But once again, Mickey Calloway, can we trust him? Not yet. To man, that's what I'm saying. Like, if mm-hmm. it was a different type of manager, like a Terry Collins, because Terry Collins has experience. Right. Well, I'm talking about the run in 2015. Had, they had, well, had a, a run. They had a run where where they. They won the division, mm-hmm. like they came back to win the division, right. and then they went to the World Series. Like mm-hmm. Terry, Con- I'm I mean, saying, did, but I'm I, saying Terry Collins is much was much more experienced oh, compared no question, to no to Mickey Calloway. I mean, that's like the opposite. That's size of the that's, spectrum, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So they don't have a if they had a manager that could trust, where it's like okay, this cat. Like if they had like, they had a, a, if Dusty they had like a Baker Girardi type of right guy, now, yeah, something I mean, like that. Well, you know, okay, this manager can make major adjustments and has the experience of seeing the game for such a long time. So you know, we'll see. So, but yeah. so you know, I, I agree. I think they have a very good shot at the wild card, despite all the teams that are in front of them, um, just because of the staff and and they're underrated offensive team too. Because they Conf- must win. Conforto is 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 a beast also. <laughs> And Jeff McNeil, all star, and and Pete Alonso has to a pick lot, it up huh? a little bit well, because I'm not I, gonna be mad at him. For you what know he's, what he's done so far. You know, well, well that's so far, but right. we need they. Yeah. No, not yeah, we. He, I'm yeah, sorry, he, I'm he, mad he talking. Yeah, he can't but, go in a tank. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like we're talking about like you know, it's not what you done this in, like up to July. It's up to August. It's what you do that's in true. September. That's true. And they need is bad. That's you know, true. But definitely. thirty something home runs is a good sign. Yeah, but that that's <laughs> it's a, a good, good sign. That's a good sign. But he can't have just five home runs and bat one fifty no, 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 the last no, no. two months that of the season. Be, that would be extreme. That's I rather that. I look I look at a player what he does at the end of the season going to the postseason. That's what I look at. You know, in the American so. League, uh, what are you what are you looking for in the American League? 
I mean, the Astros are the best team now. There's no question. I mean, they already have a World Series title in 2017. Um, They're just stacked now with their pitching staff and everything, and all throughout the bullpen is solid. Um, I like Minnesota because Minnesota, they they got a lineup. But once again, when you have power, a power-hitting lineup going into the playoffs, pitching the gates that all the time, you right. know. So they're gonna have to they're gonna have to have more contact. They have to get on base more, manufacture more runs. They're gonna have to alter their style a little bit, Minnesota. Um, and their bullpen's a little questionable. They don't have a lockdown closer, which I'm surprised they didn't try to sign a Craig Kimbrell. In May, why didn't they do that? You know, like I guess they didn't feel like they could sustain the success, um, but they should have tried to trade for somebody like um, Green, um, um, Shane Green from um, Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, like they he he was available. They should have tried to get him, but now he's going to Atlanta, which was a great move for the Atlanta Braves. I think Atlanta has the NLE sewn up, but um, right. Boston, I think. They can make a run because there's not really any other teams. When you think Tampa Bay is going to fade, like yeah. you know, even though even though they they made an acquisition as well uh, for the trading deadline um, uh, like, from Milwaukee, like the first baseman from Milwaukee, they um, acquired too. Mm-hmm. So, but I think I like Boston over them. Uh, Minnesota, Cleveland, uh, and I think I think of course Houston. I think Oakland will fall short. Yeah, of the wild card. I think Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Minnesota will probably be the wild card because I think Cleveland's making a run towards the division, uh, even though they traded Trevor Bauer so to yeah. the Cincinnati uh, Reds. So there's a, there's a reason to watch baseball right now. This, mm-hmm. this is the time. If, you, if you've been, uh, you know, laying back, you know, you know, haven't been paying it too much attention, yep. it's actually heating up. And in, in New York, where we are too, it's definitely heating up with the Mets actually pushing – uh, pushing some other teams, there are there are uh, one, two, three, four, four teams ahead of them in the wild card. So they still have some work. And to the, do. the four teams, well, Milwaukee has has been struggling. Milwaukee, they lost to Chicago today. Arizona, Philly. San Francisco's not at the Mets' caliber. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, they did keep Bumgarner, mm-hmm. but I think San, and and Arizona, like I said, is fading because they got rid of Granky. Um, and then, and then the other team uh, is uh, Philly. Mm-hmm. Philly's inconsistent, so there's not yet. It's too. There's it's two do, it's months. Doable. It's two doable. months. It's not like it's one. But it's also, month, you know, as I was as I was cautioning a, a friend of mine, a friend who's a Mets fan. Yes, uh, it's doable, but it's also doable that that they lay an egg in August. It's all. It's possible. It is. We've seen them do it. Before. Not with that staff. I'm just saying we. Not with that if staff. They play like they did in June. With the same staff, but the, but the, but there's a difference. This is a staff of experience, and this is a staff of high potency, and this is a staff that's notorious for getting hotter as the season's gone. They've proven that before with Degrom and Syndergaard in 2015, 2016 as well. They had a good end of the season, so I'm just saying I would rather ride with guys that have been able to prove in pressure situations during the pennant race. They've proved it. So, and now you got Marcus Stroman as well. That that's what I'm saying. That that staff is there's not a flaw from top to bottom when you think well, I mean Matt's, but Matt's is a fifth starter. He's equivalent to a he's really should be a Matt's, third starter. When Matt's is on his game, he's very, very good. That's what but he's a fifth starter. That's mm-hmm. crazy. And Zach Wheeler, as I mentioned, is pitching for a contract. He's a straight up free agent. <laughs> so he's looking to get an eight-figure contract, you know, eight-figure per year deal and a team will overpay him if he ends up being big in the uh in in the pennant race and in the postseason 
Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of the Bill Roden on Sports podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 million slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by the one and only William C. Roden, an absolute must-read. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports for your free audiobook. Let's talk before we before we wrap up or begin to wrap up. Uh, there's another sport that's, just, that's getting underway, uh, the almighty NFL. We don't know how long they'll be the almighty, uh, that league, the way things <laughs> are going. But, um, but right now, still, still the highest grossing league. The NFL is underway, mm-hmm. training camp, uh, a couple holdouts we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, Gordon from uh, the Chargers. Melvin Gordon, yeah. Melvin Gordon, and Yannick uh, Nagoye uh, also. Mm. Uh, I hope I pronounced his last name right. Nagoye from uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, very underrated pass rusher. Mm-hmm. That's holding out too. So, um, and a lot of people been talking about, the, of course, the Zeke situation. Dallas, yeah. whether they whether they need to pay him, do they do they need <sighs> do they need him to to be a part of that team for them to be a true contender? I think so. No, he's you have to like the man is is yeah he has carried that team offensively, um, because you have a quarterback in Dak Prescott that you know and he's looking to get paid as well, but he's being more patient because him and Jerry have that tight relationship, but also too Zach Dak's press press card has basically been what between ten and fifteen of quarterbacks like throughout his time in the league. That's fair, you know, and then and then his his profile went up when Amari Cooper was was acquired. That right. was that was the best trade of the season in the NFL. Right. What Amari Cooper did and and really enhanced that offense and gave them a legit threat, you know, vertical threat. Uh, as well as just a threat in ke- getting the tough catches uh right, you know, to get that first down, you know, the slant those tough slants, you know, Amari Cooper is able to execute, but um I think Zeke, but I don't know why I understand with the running back shelf life, I get it. Mm-hmm. And and he's been one of the top running backs to come out and you know, one of the top prospects to come out and one of the great in running backs the top three years. He's up there with Eric Dickinson. Up there with Jim Brown um, and everything. But I just feel that, um, I mean, I know he's trying to get paid, but I think he could have waited one more year because, remember, he can't keep himself out of trouble, too. That's another thing. You got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, listen, um, you know, I've, I've, I've done some things where, you know, the, and, and Jerry Jones has been supportive of me. You know, and and if let me possible. just yeah, and let me just ball out and what he may not want to even go to training camp. That's enough. That could be another thing too. You know, as Which well. Is fine. Well, he'll end up coming back like mm-hmm. a week before the season starts or something. He may be Which doing that. Might be smart. Yeah, yeah absolutely. As a running back. You know, but when he sees what Todd Gurley's getting, and Todd Gurley, I believe, got his contract after his third season. Mm-hmm. So I feel he feel and. And that's and that that's legit because Gurley now you see Gurley's been battling injuries, and where was Gurley at the end of the season? 
That's what that's what I mean. You know, where exactly. So and not getting much production going on. And that was the reason why the Rams weren't as effective offensively in the playoffs. Of course, that affected them in the Super Bowl. Right. So um, I just yeah, I, I, I kind of I think Zeke could have waited, but I kind of I, I, I've been torn. <laughs> I've really been torn. But but Jerry doesn't have to pay him. Jerry got four year, two more years in the contract, and then two years to franchise him too, right. which he wouldn't do. Jerry wouldn't do that, you know. Uh, do I don't know. I, I think he would have franchised. Football him. is so diff- different too. That, like, and you gotta you gotta think that you know the the own the football owners they watching what's going on with with the NBA, how the star players basically control the league, or at least that's mm-hmm. the narrative mm-hmm. that the star players control the league. They're making all this money. They're they're calling all the shots, and you know. Football owners ain't trying to hear none of that. They don't, right. they, and they probably, they, you know, obviously it's not like that in the NFL, mm. but they don't even want that to even be, a, they don't have a chance of that happening. Right. So it just, I just look at those, those football owners like, they, I could really see them taking a stand, even though if it's going to hurt their team, because mm. like I said, I think they Well, did last year with Le'Veon. Right, I think, you know? yeah, exactly. But it worked out for Le'Veon. He, was a, it, it he got a year off, and it now did. he's refreshed. And, and, he's, and they still try to fight that narrative. They try to say, no, uh, he lost, he'll never get that money back, blah, blah, blah. Well, he, you don't, he, he got that year off. I'll tell mm. you that much. His knees are fine yeah. right now. Right, so, absolutely. So we'll see. And he got a lot of money. He got, he got the, uh, the big signing mm-hmm. money, so he's right. okay. And he's with a team that, that actually appreciates what right. – he brings to the table because there right. was no excuse for me him to be franchised twice. Come right. on, come on now that that's messed up, right. you know, for what he did for the Steelers, you right. know. Um, but Melvin Gordon should not be holding out. I mean, what is he? Okay, he's a, he's been a top ten running back, mm-hmm. but his yards per carry hasn't been that efficient. What's, what's he making now? Uh, like, I'm not sure. He has two more years on his no one more or two more years left on his deal, mm-hmm. but but he's ma- he wants to make well they offered him ten million per okay which would have been in the top ten of running backs, um but they know they can ride with Arsene Eckler you know they can ride with him you know and and, and you deal with with Anthony Lynn Coach Lynn who we had on the show uh, back in February had him on the show right uh, shout out to Coach Lynn. Um, he was a running back, so he knows he can get, you know, and, and, and he's been a great coach of running backs because he's had teams where he's running backs coach where the team has led the league in rushing. The Jets mm-hmm. led the league in rushing um, that season where he was uh, um, in 2010. So um, he knows he can, he can be able to develop Austin Eckler and, and Justin Jackson. I think Justin Jackson, yeah. But I get, so. I get, you know, as a player, I get why they're holding out. I mean, especially a running back. I mean, you get you, your your value decreases every year that yep. you go through that gauntlet that you take those hits, and he's making yeah. he's making two million he's making two and a half million uh, this year. Uh, you know, if he could, you know, maybe he should have taken that ten. They you said they offered him ten. Yeah, around ten yeah. to eleven. But also too, he's been injured too. No, you know, he has. It's not it's not yeah. like he's been if he let if he did a Zeke Elliott and also Zeke. The reason why he didn't lead this, his second season in rushing was because he was suspended for six games. That's what I mean. Right. Like, if he if he totally was cool off the field, and 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 of course put production on and won three straight rushing titles, which never happened in the NFL for a running back. Never, you know, Dickinson won it I think two years in a row, and Campbell, no, Campbell just did. It was just his rookie season, but but I, but no one's done three in a row mm-hmm. to to lead off a career, right? But anyway, but yeah, Gordon has no. He's not. He's not, he's not doing on that. Level. He's no, not, on level. not doing that. So yeah. So 
it, it, it's it's interesting. But now, what you think of what you think Julio Jones will be getting? And I love what he said about Arthur Blank. He said, "Mr. Blank is a man of his word," meaning he kind of put Arthur Blank out there, mm. saying he's a man of his word. Well, we you shall, know, we shall see. You know, we we'll see. See. right? Same. You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, and Julio Julio Jones. I mean, he's a freak freak of nature for sure. Um, but I've I've seen him not not play great in in the biggest moments. I've seen him make, have some some critical drops before. I think last season. Crit- well, what what critical drops? He had yeah. a he had a he had a couple critical drops last year, like in in big games. What when, in the playoffs? Well, he they didn't make the playoffs last year. Or who Atlanta? Yeah. Or so maybe they, the, they maybe lost the when they lost to Philly. Yeah, I think I, I, uh, I just remember. I just that, remember the I, last play where he had to jump twelve feet. No, 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 no. no, no. I mean, like, I mean, I've, that was. I've seen him at times not, you know, uh, not really the Super Bowl do, that catch he made on when they when saying, that catch on that first down where he tiptoed. That was the great. That's no, one of the he's, great he's catches. Ma- he's made great catches, but I've, I'm not. I'm not no, so sold that he I, that he no, is Julio's, the best receiver in the game. No, Julio Jones is the best because he's put up 1,600-yard years every year. He's, he had 300 yards receiving. He's as explosive where he can, he can put down no, 300. He's a, he's a freak. He's a yeah. freak athlete. And he's carried that, that Falcons team. I don't know if he's carried the team. What, what, what is Matt Ryan without him? Seriously. He, Matt Ryan was spreading it around. The, uh, the, spreading it around. No, Julio. The year, the year that, that didn't Matt Ryan win MVP? Yeah, but Julio Jones. It wasn't Jones, just Julio Jones. Julio Jones had 1,800 yards. What did, the other, what did the other receivers have on that team? They, Muhammad Sanu was the second receiver, my and, and he made And Sanu put up numbers. Sanu did not put up 1,000 yards. Look, look that up. I will be no. Look I'll be up. happy to look that look up. Look that up. He didn't put. He never put up a thousand. He yards? never put up a thousand yard season. Look Muhammad that up. Sanu. He's not been close the, to a thousand. The year yards. Matt Ryan won the MVP. Okay, well, I will look that up. Absolutely. And I'm just saying, like, Julio, 1,677. He, he's averaged the most yards in the history of the NFL per game, Julio Jones, as well. Like, FYI. So, and he, and he definitely, yeah, he definitely has some injury issues and stuff, but that's had, over, the la- but over the last three years, he's been, he's been very dependable. Last year, Sanu had 838. 838 last year, right? Mm. But, but Julio has 1,677. That's double. That's yeah, well, not I mean, spreading around. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not, that's not spreading around. It's dumb. Well, last year they were they were terrible. They weren't good. You know, but yeah, what did, what, what does Sanu have that year that you said that's what I'm that the Super Bowl year? He had less than 838. 703. Okay. <laughs> and Julio doubled that as well. He had 14, over 14. I'm just from, from what, just watching. I just feel like he's left, you know, I mean, because you, you, maybe it's because you expect so much of him. But actually, he's, I have, he's, I have he's, seen he's, him just like not because be that, that dude all like in the in the biggest of moments in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, he made major catches in Super Bowl, especially that fourth down where he. And first of all, that that wasn't his fault that the defense let <laughs> that let them down. You know what I mean? I like, he's the reason he, they lost. Yeah, of course no, not. But, but I'm saying that catch, that catch in the. I mean, that's that's a big time catch. That he made, you know, like he he didn't drop any pass. I don't think he dropped a pass in that Super Bowl, actually. But yeah, but Julio, like I said, the most yards per game in NFL history for a wide receiver, around ninety-seven per. That's nearly a hundred yards a game, Jamal. That's greatness. And that's great. A hundred yards a game, basically receiving. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I don't know what it is. It's just something for me. It's just something like which receiver is better than him? Which receiver's better than him? 
Um, oh, did you talk about someone like Odell who did, nah, hasn't Odell, come up I in big put, games? I can't put Odell. Exactly. Odell. That Packer game, the drops were ridiculous. Yeah. And then you have DeAndre Hopkins, great Hopkins player. Hopkins on the level. Yeah, great hands, you know, but he's on not, the level. But not, but not Julio. Right? He's not the athlete. He's not the complete athlete. But yeah. I don't think he's as fast as Julio. Well, it's not. Well, it's not fast, but he's strong. He's, he's a strong, strong and, and, his and, his separate, and, and his routes. Yeah, his hands are ridiculous. But but still, Julio has everything. And but I'm saying that's what I'm saying about Julio. There's no receiver better than him. Michael Thomas is more of a slot guy. He doesn't. He he can't beat you vertically. You know, because the Saints, that's not how the offense is designed. But, but don't get me that, wrong. What about that guy in the, on the Raiders? Antonio Brown. Okay. That's the only has I, he, I has, he made, has he made a Super Bowl, though? Didn't, has he made one in Pittsburgh? No, he has not. He was not on that Super Bowl team that the last time they won in, in 08, the 08 season. That was I mean, Antonio not, Holmes and he doesn't have the He doesn't have the size, obviously. But, I mean, just in terms of, like... Oh, the numbers are crazy. Numbers yeah. and skill. The numbers are crazy. Skill. I mean, I think I would put him over him. You're right, though. I mean, I am splitting hairs. Like, if I'm, if I'm saying that Julio Jones is definitely top two or three, then what am I saying? And, and Antonio... No, I give Antonio massive credit because he was a six-round pick. Mm-hmm. Him and Tom Brady are the greatest six-round picks ever. You know, like, six-round pick. Uh, you know, it, it, and, and the work ethic and having 100... Catches six straight seasons, I believe, including this one. You know, so no Antonio Brown. He he would be in the same tier as Julio Jones over the past six seasons, for right. sure. Yeah, yeah, Antonio Dion, and I would like you said I would put I would give Jones a slight. And I'm just talking about career, what they've done. Mm-hmm. Not good. If you go into this year, you could argue DeAndre Hopkins or right. But uh, but, but I, would, I agree. I, but I I just I think. But one brother. As good as them when healthy, right? And with a, he doesn't have a great, never had a great quarterback. AJ Green, AJ oh, Green oh. should be up there with those. And AJ Green was up there with those guys three years ago. But the injuries starting to catch injuries. up. You know, he hurt his ankle. He he he's not gonna be ready for the season opener. But AJ Green and Julio Jones are interesting. They were both all Americans coming out of high school. They both went to SEC schools, which are rival schools in Alabama and Georgia. Mm-hmm. They both were in the top six. AJ Green was actually drafted ahead of Julio in the 2011 draft. And those guys have had such great careers, except once again, the injuries have hit AJ. And also, he just hasn't had the, the talented offense around him as Antonio Brown has, and especially as Julio Jones has had with. With Ryan, you know, right, and and then and and Freeman, the production of Freeman and Coleman together, you know, not individually but together. They, also, out of, out of the backfield, those guys put up numbers too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right. But they're not elite individually, but mm-hmm. combined. So that's what I mean. Like AJ Green, I, I I'll I'll roll with AJ Green in this prime with any of these guys. Right. You know, locally, Jets, Jets, Giants. Uh, I was at Jets camp. Uh, earlier this week, uh, you know they they seem to have a nice positive vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, they have talent. You got Darnold uh, coming back for a second year. We know the jump you can make from that first to second year, especially as a quarterback. Like mm-hmm. everything gets slower, you have more confidence. He showed uh, his talent in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Leonard Williams uh, was talking about you know just the vibe at camp, and you know he doesn't really like to predict or anything based off camp, but he just felt like. This team, you know, he's been on teams with talent before, but this team 
is together. So he kind of, you know, made me think that the Jets might have a little something this year. But, I, you know, I'm, their head coach, Gase, is he the real deal? I don't know. You know, so we'll, he's, he has a lot to prove to me. Yeah. You know, coming, for, coming from Miami last year, they didn't do much. Well, he so, did. But he did. Okay. They did make the playoffs they were, they were, they one of those bad. seasons. They made the playoffs right. one of those seasons, which was especially with the injuries, a quarterback and everything. Right. He did a good job that and you gotta year. You got to think he has a better quarterback now. Yeah. And, and also he's a coach, too, that experience. Like, usually coaches that are young in their 40s, because he's around, he's 41, 40, 41 years old. Usually coaches like that learn and really grow in their next destination, at, at their next destination. That's they true. grow, you know. I think he's going to be okay. I, I think the Jets will contend for a wild card spot, but the AFC is too stacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have the AFC South by itself. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the Colts, you have the Texans, and the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars will be back with that defense. They got to get Yannick back. But the the Jaguars are no joke. Then you look at the AFC West with the Chiefs and and Chargers <laughs> then the Browns and Steelers in the AFC North and the Ravens. The, J- <laughs> the Jets have to leapfrog all those teams, basically. NFL's so. very unpredictable, though. We know that. Yeah. You know? So, we'll, you know, true. it'll be fun. We'll see. We'll That's see what happens. True. As far as the Giants are concerned, I think they're terrible. Um, I'm, st- uh, you know, I still can't. I'm still dumbfounded with, you know, them getting rid of, dumbfounded in terms of just talent that they got rid of uh, Odell like that. And then not not uh, selecting and not getting enough and, value for uh, Odell. Yeah, That's, not getting yeah. enough value. Uh, not you know pass you know taking the quarterback they did Jones instead of instead of Haskins is, is an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Eli, uh, they're relying on Eli again to, to at least do something this year. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you see? I, I don't think no that supposedly. Out well. well, he's in the best shape mm-hmm. uh, he's looked in a while. Okay, but also no, but he's throwing the ball well. They're right. saying he's throwing the ball well. So. Um, He's not going to be terrible. He's going to be average. He's going to be average because he still has no offensive line. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Everyone oh. talk. It's so funny. They compare. This is what's crazy. Look at quarterbacks in their late thirties, in their forties. Tom Brady, offensive line, right? Great offensive line and a system. Okay. Drew Brees, a system that allows him to succeed with quick releases and a elite offensive line. Ben Roethlisberger, an elite offensive line. Those guys in their late 30s to early 40s have great protection up front. Eli Manning's offensive line is one of the five worst in football over the past three years. And right. we got to understand. And he, can't, and he can't move. And he, right. But Ben can't really move anymore. Drew mm. Brees don't move at all because he doesn't have to, you know, because they create such a pocket for him to throw. And also the system, quick release and, and quick routes and precision, which, and of course he's been part of, he's been with Sean Payton for 12 seasons, right. basically. So, and then of course, Bel- Brady's been with Belichick all of his career. So you see what I'm getting at? Like if Eli Manning had a system and had an offensive line that's clockwork with that system, he would be just successful. All right. He would be just successful. No, I seriously, hear you. I hear you. I yeah. hear you. Seriously, so. All right, all right. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see what Eli Eli does. And I, regardless, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, 
you know, I I never even when, even at his best, I wasn't the biggest Eli fan. But he did. Well, you can't take away. Well, he won championships. Yeah, you can't take yeah. that away from him. Um, he, he came came up obviously huge in two playoffs uh, runs, two right. huge playoff and, runs, and, and and won big games. Right, and, and they made were big throws. And you know, there were basically eight road wins. Mm-hmm. Right. right, right, because three road wins, and then the Super Bowl is a road game, basically too. Right. <laughs> so, all right. On that note, let's bring in. Aaron Mathewson for, for Trip and Check. It's about that time, right? Oh, for sure. All right. Always looking forward to All right. that. Hi, guys. What's going on? Happy Friday. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. a long week. Uh, it has been a long week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or as uh, President Trump has said, it's been a rocky week. Oh, God. So, oh, my. He's so great. Yeah, you know, just wonderful, like, you know, gestures and everything, oh, you know, God. very nasty gestures, and that's okay. That's mm-hmm. just quite all right. Yeah. Well, during a campaign speech. Oh, mm. yeah, I I haven't even seen that yet. Oh, well, did you see? How about this? Was this, since we're on that topic, did you see Elijah Cummings' house got broken into? No. Um, and then Trump tweets, Trump, Trump tweets about it and says, "Oh, like sarcastically, oh, too bad." Wow, what? That's, that's a president. So he could have been killed. Yeah, you never know. Like he could have been home. It could have been a burglary. Who applauds really? some, something some, like that? A burglary happened. Wow. Have you ever seen that from a president? No. The level of petty. I mean, I mean Elijah Cummings talking about. You yeah. know, he could have been a victim. Yeah, where, of course, you know, I mean, he was a victim. He, his house, was, it, like, but if real. he was in there, yeah, no, I know. That's, yeah, it's like at this point, I just want you. If you're going to be that, there are plenty of petty people. But put it, do not tweet about it. Like, come on. Well, he is who he is. Yeah, and we knew this. You still got to right. be a human being for somebody. Still, someone, you know, not, someone's home, someone's sanctuary, and then, like I said, he could have been in the house, and you never know what could have happened. So. Just, and it happened after uh, Trump was attacking him, like a, a you know a tweeting and attacking. Him. Yeah. So who knows who actually broke it? Maybe maybe he had you know. Yeah, his maybe, supporters. Maybe he influenced people to. Yeah, you know. right. That's what he does with with his rhetoric. Right. So, so what were you saying, Aaron? Well, I just I mean <laughs> no on that, on that note I just find it uh, fascinating when President Trump speaks up for something and when he does not. Right. So. Uh, I guess the, you know ASAP Rocky is on his way back to the U.S. from Sweden. He's <sighs> been in a Swedish jail for about a month. Um, a month already! Wow. And he's he's not he's not like fully released. He's just waiting out the outcome of the trial. Mm-hmm. So back in June, he uh, was charged with assault. Mm-hmm. Uh, allegedly, a fan or someone was following him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, there's I've seen tape, but it's I. There's there is uh, speculation that it's been doctored, but basically uh, you see uh, ASAP Rocky and his entourage, you know, saying we don't want any trouble, and then the next scene is basically they're going to blows. Yeah, he tackled the cat. Yeah, yeah. a la Derek Harper with JoJo English back in the day. Exactly the same. <laughs> well, it's interesting because. ASAP says, and his real name is, uh, or his government name is Rakim Mayers. Um, he said that it's self-defense, and mm-hmm. the Swedish prosecutor is not buying it. He's like, it, he just the, the prosecutor says that it wasn't proportionate. Like the the alleged victim was on the ground, and they say that Rocky and his and his the, the guys that were with him were kicking them, and there was a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, what I thought this is not funny, but I uh, ASAP and his and the guys said they would take community service, but that was never an option. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll take community service. Yeah, we'll do this, and they're like, no, the prosecutor wants six months in prison, mm. and it's it's a possibility. And then Wait, the prison so, he but, was in. So what, oh. what what was the deal with Trump tweeting? 
Yeah, because he so, said he's coming home. So that's is that, the thing. That's not he's, true? He is coming to. The, he's allowed to be in the U.S. to await the results. But of the, the trial. Yeah, the, so the, the trial's the, over. The trial. There. Well, if the. I guess to me, the trial's not over till. I guess all the testimony. Verdict, but all yeah. the all the testimony. Yeah, and all stuff exactly. So he can wait out. So he's coming home, but it's still. How would they get him back? It's early to count your chickens. I don't know, but I mean, I, I imagine mm. that if some, I mean. The you if the if we had some if there's a Swedish guy here, I feel like if the if the things were reversed, right. we'd want to be able to bring somebody back and right. have them. So that's a good question. I'm not sure. That's interesting. And it's also it's it was weird because um, so many celebrities and politicians. It became like a it became such a diplomatic issue, and no, I mean this issue the 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 ASAP Rocky. the ASAP Rocky people Kim Kardashian President Trump. Um, Local Ka- politicians, Ka- Kanye and Kardashian got involved. They got you know, they're, involved. They're the, the resident, um, you know, Trump uh, consultants. I have with, with legal issues. Guys, I don't even know what to ask. What is tripping or not? Because I'm just like, there are so tripping. many other things to lobby for. And don't get me wrong, I I would hate to be in jail for even a day. But I'm just like. This this is what you everybody rallied around. Um, I mean, and I don't mean to sound insensitive. It's just, I just it doesn't sound like he's in imminent danger. It it sounds like he's he got into some trouble and he's got to wait out like anybody else. Yeah. But well, I mean, he got he, he got arrested in a in a foreign country, so he, and he's stuck in a foreign jail, which so which which was you know, very inhumane. Right. They were saying inhumane conditions mm-hmm. were going on, like and you know with foreign jails. Mm-hmm. It's not not like U.S. jails. Right. So, and then they he's gotta a, he's haven't famous, been in any of them. You know, fa- like famous guy, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, and I think it helped. I, I mean, Trump. What I mean, it's hard to t- to speak seriously right. on him, but you know, it's kind of feeds into. It helps him say, uh, you know, I you know I'm not racist or whatever because yes. I'm helping my black friends out. Who was it? All Lives Matter <laughs> supporter. I, um, exactly. Also bizarre, uh, Trump's top negotiator was monitoring the courtroom right. and wrote a letter to like the Swedish. And they like, pre- laughed at it or something. Well, they were like, "This, they were, we're an independent entity. Like, you can't just be a government and try to influence us." Which I don't know how tr- how immune you can be, but I'm just like your top negoc- your top hostage negotiator is. I, I'm so confused. Hostage. He's not a hostage. He's not a hostage. I'm. I don't. I'm like. I guess the question—I can't even ask if Trump is tripping because I often feel like I know the answer. to Oh, that. there's no question. Tripping? Yeah. That's like, but we, like what? We wish he was just tripping. <laughs> but I'm, I'm like, I'm glad. You know, it's great that this man has is able to wait. Like, I, if I take all the noise out of it, I'm glad someone is able to await trial in a comfortable setting. Mm-hmm. If you hope that's great. But what? Like, right? Um, so yeah. I hope you know he he says it was self defense. Did you guys think it was self-defense? I think, it, you know, you know what it is? Like, I think he felt he was defending himself and then took it to the ne- to right. the extreme. But that's why you have bodyguards. Like, yeah, why is he jumping? Why are you jumping? Right. That's, you have, and also bodyguards, their job is to defuse the situation while showing aggression. Right. But defusing it, not like taking it to another level of nearly a beaten, beating the guy up severely or something right. like that. They know how to use their strength to be able to defuse the situation and get the person away. 
That's what their job is. Why is I, I understand ASAP? He should have watched his temper. Like let right. them take care of it. You right. know, so, so you that's can't, so you, you can't pummel know. a guy on the street, and, right? With a, and have a broken bottle in your hand, especially in another country. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, you're you have to, you're supposed to be. You have to be so restrained and, and traveling. You know, traveling two different countries around the world. I just watch myself. Just watch. First of all, I don't. I'll go out. I don't go out by myself, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have bodyguards. I, I, I don't have it like that, you know. But but I know if I was at bodyguards, I would totally <laughs> yeah. just watch the situation, yeah, would, you know. Yeah, like, I would have yeah, nothing to do with it. Right, you exactly. That's you're su- supposed to. But anyway, but I, I just make sure that, just make sure if I just use my instincts as much as I can and sense where not to be and, and everything and, you know. Like have the locals hang out with the locals, like you know, being a jazz musician, you hang out with the locals, mm-hmm. the local jazz promoters, and their people. Hang with them mm-hmm. and hang with your people, and you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what it is. And ASAP, I know, had people in Sweden that he can be around to keep make sure that he right. is not in that situation. So, yeah. And yeah. if he doesn't, he will now. <laughs> right. So, so he's back. I mean, he's back. He's oh, back. He's on his way back. He's something. on his way back. Hope, maybe he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully. Just dies. Yeah, ho- hopefully, hopefully, Every- hopefully he gets off. Hopefully he's exonerated. And hopefully the alleged victims are healed. Yeah, hopefully, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hopefully. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, bizarre. Um, but in a much better news. Um, oh, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, good news. Did you guys watch the WNBA All Star Game or All Star Weekend? I saw weekend? a little bit of it. I didn't see it this year, but I've been impressed by the skill set mm-hmm. of those games, you know. Mm-hmm. But but that sister from Rutgers, undrafted. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all are better than me. I mean, I did not see it. Mm-hmm. But I I mean, I was I love that my uh internet feed was just peppered with stories about her. That's mm-hmm. good. Like Novate said, she she's the first uh player ever, undrafted player, to get an all-star MVP. Mm-hmm. Um she plays for the Indiana Fever, uh, four seasons. Um, they don't have a great record, right? <laughs> but she did score the game-winning shot over the Atlanta Dream, and that was really great. And yeah. I think it's also her story is just so oh, touching. Yes. You know, she, you know, she's really been working her way up. She was playing for records really well, and then her mother died. Mm-hmm. Really took her Cancer. out the game. Cancer. Yeah, yeah. and she, yeah. you know, I think those are the things that can just you might never have known about Erica Wheeler, mm-hmm. um, but she was able to graduate. Thanks to her coach. Um, See Vivian Stringer, the legend, yeah. legendary coach. Yes, indeed. Yeah. She told her that, you know, you promised your mom you would graduate. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Um, so she did. She didn't, but she, uh, her play had kind of fallen off. Um, mm-hmm. But then she, so she played overseas in Puerto Rico, uh, Turkey, Brazil, and then the Atlanta Dream called her, mm-hmm. which is great. She played um, also with the Liberty for about a year. Mm. Um, I guess you know, and now she's with the fever, mm-hmm. and she's just been. I think she's. I've heard she's been working on how to play with a team. Yes. So. No, yeah. no, great stuff. Great story. Great, oh, uh, yes. great for the WNBA. Glad you know more people were watching it and and yes. writing about it. Yes. And I, even on even the highlights I saw with uh, Brittany Griner, you know, a couple of serious dunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know. Um, you know, people who complain, oh, the athleticism, there's no dunking. Just give it some time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> a few years from now, mm-hmm. ha- you know, there's going to be a lot of dunks. The alley-oops. Oh. <laughs> alley-oops <laughs> and yes. everything. Yeah. And Coach, we should have Coach Springer on the show. No, Definitely. That will be great, especially before the season starts for mm-hmm. her. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's legendary, legendary leader. Um, true true pioneer for for black coaches you know mm-hmm. and her and john cheney coached at cheney state together 
Really? Before they both, wow. before oh, wow. she went on to Iowa and John Cheney went on to Temple. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty deep. Yeah. That is I'm, amazing. I'm so, yeah. Well, gotta make that happen. Done. Yeah. Coaching, you're obviously listening. So, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, you can just email me at Aaron AHM at Gmail. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Um, I want to end it. I don't know what you guys are watching right now, but to, tonight, mm-hmm. uh, HBO's is, uh, I guess, debuting a new series called A Black Lady Sketch Show. I've seen the previews. It's, uh, Robin Thede, but it's supposed to be very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited. And I think it's at it's eleven o'clock tonight Eastern, so you guys should check it out. Definitely, okay, yeah. Definitely, I need I need some new stuff to watch. Uh, yeah, no, I've just seen the trailers and it just looks hilarious, so I'm with it. So a black a black lady sketch show. Mm-hmm. A black lady sketch show. Yeah, I've seen the previews. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's like yeah, it's, it's killing. Good it's stuff. Killing. Good Pro- stuff. Produced by Issa Rae. Uh-huh. So oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, she was on, she was on the uh, the nightly show with Larry Wilmore. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's um, and also, do you guys watch Euphoria at all? I've been hearing a lot about it. That's on HBO yes. as well? Okay, yes. I have not, no. Is that with... Um, uh, Zendaya. Zendaya. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's the season finale is Sunday. Okay. What is, what's it about? It's a. It's basically a teenage, a high school drama mm-hmm. that's super, like, with a lot of sex and drugs. Mm-hmm. I, I was, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, oh. like, it's like Degrassi meets... Um, Remember, like, a requiem for a dream, like Whoa. it's like. Oh wow! Okay, okay. <laughs> a little bit, a little it was, bit. It was a little tamer when I was a, a little tamer at uh, at Laguardia in the high school <laughs> music and art. Yeah. But I went to an art school, so you right, know right, it was right. all types of stuff going on. But right. but it wasn't wow, oh, I, like like requiem for a dream. I oh mean, my goodness! I mean, <laughs> I mean, a little exaggerated, but not too far. Like, no, but really, I guess, <laughs> yeah, you're going into like trips and like and violence and a lot of sex and I'm just like this if this was my high school I wasn't at these parties which is entirely <laughs> possible um, but I've noticed that a lot of like the like younger like I, I work with students and a lot of students I work with are tweeting about this show so mm-hmm. I was like I gotta check it out wow. and it's, it's kind of sad like so I, I was watching it this is a show I won't watch late at night anymore because really? sometimes it's just like oh man that's, that's what a terrible person mm-hmm. and now I'm going to bed with <laughs> what yeah. uh wow how many how many episodes is, uh, deep is it in? I don't probably ten, know. right? Ten for the season. I've gotten to like three. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll check it out. Yeah, but I, I say check it. I do think there's a lot of. I think there's. Uh, it it says a lot about today's youth and mm-hmm. what they're growing up with mm-hmm. and what they can get into if you're not watching. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to learn. All right. That's uh, scary. But okay. <laughs> Don't worry. You're, you're I'm a long awesome. way away. Yeah, yes. I'm a long way away from that. Or I think I am. We'll see. I guess time flies. But we shall see. Yes. No, you'll be good. All right. All right. All right, people. That's, that's going to be a wrap for us. Uh, thanks for listening once again. As usual, check us out on social media, at BrosPod on Twitter and Instagram. And we will be back again next week. We got, we got a couple things. Uh, we might line up next week. Uh, yes. Bill's Bill's brother's in town, mm-hmm. opera singer. We might we might. That's, uh, that's really awesome. I yeah. didn't know Bill's brother was yeah. a, a performing artist yeah. as well. Lives, wow. lives out in Germany. Wow. And he's in he's in town for for a week uh, for a few days next week. So thanks again for listening to us this week. And uh, like I said, we'll be back next week uh, with with more sports talk later. Peace.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.